All right, what you need to know is being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. And time for at UNEEQ. And don't forget about the underscore right after the Q. Laura, shout out. What's up? Thanks, Cap. Definitely don't forget the underscore because then you won't find me. Um, So calling all football. Well, not necessarily just football students high school students, but all high school students, UCLA is giving you free tickets to go see UCLA versus LSU September 4th, Saturday, September 4th at 5.30. So the ESPN Los Angeles Twitter is going to have the link. If you are a high school student and want to attend the game for free, did I say free? Did I say free? For free. Okay. You guys can go click that link and request your tickets. So I wanted to shout them out because I think that's awesome. Sometimes high school kids don't have the means, you know, the funds to go. And I think it'd be great for them to see a college. I love to go see sports, sporting events. So you know what? Maybe you can go see the Rams, but you can go see UCLA, LSU. That'd be a dope match. Mm. All right. Anybody else? Okay. So this is this is all pretty amazing. This is Martin Jarman doing doing what he needed to do as soon as he came in here as the UCLA new UCLA AD, yeah. going and finding the biggest game that they could find right now, playing an SEC powerhouse and letting all of the high school students in all around LA go see this team for free. This is just a genius move by Martin Jarman. I, okay. I'm very very impressed with what he's doing I, all around. Yeah, I hope it pays off for him. Because if you bring LSU to town and you bring every recruit to town and you just absolutely get run off the field. Annihilated. Oh, my God. Yep. That could do the opposite of what That's you're right. trying to do. Sure. Right. It's not just recruits, though. The yeah. it's, it's high school students. So you're getting people to actually in, enjoy UCLA yeah. and become UCLA fans. You're expanding the brand. That's not true. only Not only that, he did just bring in Jordan Brand. So Jordan Brand wow. is, the, is now the over is like the apparel company for UCLA. Yeah, so yeah. now you have Jordan Brand. Now you have LSU coming in. And, you have, and you're giving away free tickets to high school students. Mm-hmm. This is just a great... That that's what bothered AD me about move. the ascension of Oregon when Nike started putting money into the program. Yep, everything yep. changed. Mm-hmm. So follow that model for UCLA. Yeah, well, let, it let, works. Let me, let me say this though. So so look, I I hear what you're saying, Greg. That it's a brilliant move. Uh oh, here we go. Well, you got the Denny, Debbie yeah, Downer I'm, stuff I'm going good, on. Well, now wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> let's, oh, but I let's, don't think Demarco has heard it. Well, let's wait. Let's let's hear what he says. Let's hear what he says first. Before I before you before you. Before you air Debbie Downer on me, <laughs> let me just let me just put a couple things out there. All right. Is it a brilliant move to give away free tickets to UCLA versus UC, versus LSU to a bunch of high school kids that might not normally go? And we can say, well, they these are high school kids, they can't afford tickets or their parents aren't going to take them. Whatever the case may be, is it a smart move? Yeah, it's a very smart move. Why? Because the Rose Bowl can accommodate, what, 90,000? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? 90 to 100, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality of the situation is UCLA football has been, unfortunately, and I say it like that seriously, unfortunately it's been down for so long that you're not going to get the kind of crowd that you would hope to get. Agree? Probably not. Well, okay, LSU. Me. Well, see, this LSU game is early. It's the second week of the season, so UCLA, the school UCLA, is not actually in session yet. Okay, they don't start school until September seventeenth, eighteenth, usually right around uh, okay, there. Okay, but but even if school were in session, and UCLA is playing LSU at the Rose Bowl, what are you talking about? You're talking about getting forty thousand, fifty thousand? Oh no, sixty. Like it depends. Yeah, you can okay, get. So it gets 60. up there. Okay, so sixty. 
but there's still 30,000 empty seats, right? Sure, but they cover up a lot of the bottom seats. Okay, all right, so look. So, so if you have available seats and you're trying to cultivate a fan base when your football program has been down to give away free tickets to young people so that you can try and nurture a fan base, that is the brilliance of this move. I, I will agree with that. On the other hand... I was waiting for the but. Okay, but on the other hand, the reality ready, of the Laura? situation uh -huh, is you can uh -huh. have the Debbie Downer stuff ready to go, okay? <laughs> the reality is, is that UCLA football's been down for so long that they can't get as many people as they used to to go to these games. So giving away free tickets is brilliant on one hand, and it's desperate on the other hand. Do it. Wow. I don't see USC giving away free tickets. Wow. I mean, first of all, I think it's a brilliant move. One, because let's say you are a parent, and right now there's tough times, and you want to go because you are a UCLA fan or for whatever reason, you just want to go. It's only $30 for the adult. Let's say you have two high school kids. You go for $30, you go and spend time with your kids and see a game. Like, that's not a bad look at all. It's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, for me, it's, I've always, everybody here knows I'm not a USC fan, okay? Like, I'm a UCLA girl, so of course I'm going to have their back. But also, UCLA has also been known as that school. Like, more of like the people school, whereas UC, USC is... You know, it's private, and they have more money. And even though they're in opposite towns, right, like you would right. think that UCLA would be where USC is and USC would be where UCLA is. But for me, I think it's a dope move. Like, I remember being in high school and going to my high school football, like, games, and I loved it. So just being able to go on a, on a college level, like, I think that's dope because wow. even if you're looking to go to that school, you're like, oh, man, I'm kind of being involved in that. Hey, like, listen, I don't know. To that, me, it's but dope. But that's why But the, the Debbie Downer part of it is, listen, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I would again? love for my daughter Maybe. to go to UCLA. Like, I, I keep encouraging my daughter to apply to UCLA, and she's like, Dad, the likelihood of me getting in is so low. I don't know if I should even apply. I'm like, listen, you, you don't, you, you'll never know unless you apply. And I would love for my daughter to go to UCLA. I love the UCLA campus. I love the UCLA brand. It's beautiful. What I'm saying to you guys, and DeMarco, I wonder how you feel about it as somebody who, who played ball in the Pac-12. It's not good for the conference that UCLA has been so bad. It would be so much better for the Pac-12 conference if USC and UCLA were good and Washington and Oregon and Arizona or Arizona State. It would be good if these big brands we're good in football. What I'm saying is it's very nice, it's very thoughtful, and it's very smart. It's a very smart marketing move by UCLA. But they're only in this position because football's been so down that they can't get as many people as they once could to UCLA football games. So I don't really think I'm trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I'm just saying you are. I'm, call I'm calling out the reality <laughs> of the situation, Laura. They will not let you no, get away with not. No, no, we're all going with it. It's unrelenting. If, if, if you don't homer for all their teams, then this, they, this they has nothing to do with homering. With yeah, this isn't even a homer situation right now. This is just talking about somebody doing a nice thing for the community. But Thank he's, you, but he's right, matters. though. He, all he's saying is it's, it's a great thing to do, and it's a great recruiting tool, but it does 
stink of desperation that you have to do that. So these are the three things. I'll just give you three things that Martin Jarman has done since he got to UCLA as the AD. He brought in Jordan Brand. Yep. He's giving away the free the free tickets, and he's bringing in two different HBCUs in the next two years to play football so that the, they can see the bands on the field at the halftime, bringing no the bands kidding. and everything. Wow. Yeah. So those are all positive things that he is doing for the community, for the, for the school. That's good for, stuff. Those, that's all good stuff, yeah, right? And that's he's dope stuff. as F. He's been, on, he's been on the show. Do you he's know what's He's dope as I, I can yeah. find out for you real fast. But Super dope. And also, the only thing I would say to you, Cap, about it's not being good for the Pac-12. I'm a UCLA fan. Laura's a UCLA yep. fan. It's about USC. USC being good or bad is what makes the Pac-12 good or bad. UCLA, with if it would be nice, it would be great, and it would be good for the conference mm-hmm. to be good. for You have a good UCLA team, but... If they're not good, it doesn't really change much you for the conference that's, itself. That's new because it used to be what Cap was talking about. When the Bruins were good, it's great. It was great for the Pac-10. Remember? Yep. When SC right. was good and UCLA was good and Washington was good, it was great for the Pac-10. Great nationally. So, I kind of agree. If you've got to get UCLA back to where they used to be, or at yep. least some semblance of, oh. to make this see, conference I, go, see, I would Greg, love it. I, I disagree with love you. It. You know about about it being about USC. When UCLA back in the day, I'm talking about, let's go way back now. I'm talking about like Troy Aikman's era. Terry through, Donahue's run, yeah. Right, Terry Donahue, Troy Aikman, and then um, what was the quarterback's name? Cade McNown. Cade McNown, I mean, yeah. when, what, what was the, the winning streak that UCLA had? 20-some-odd games. How many? Oh, no, they had a 20-game winning streak. They ridiculous. beat USC eight times in yeah. a row, yeah. Okay, don't you see, though, that when UCLA is, it was a national powerhouse, a, a national brand that was good for the entire conference. The fact that UCLA has been down for so long is why they find themselves in this position. Now, let me just tell you something. Coaches and athletic directors come up with interesting ideas all the time. I can tell you when I was in college, you know, we were, we were pit. We had to compete against Penn State, West Virginia, okay, Ohio State. So what we did is during spring tr- football, we would go to have scrimmages in different parts of the region. We'd have a scrimmage on one Saturday in West Virginia. We'd have another scrimmage in Ohio on Saturday because we were going out there trying to recruit fans, and we were also going out there trying to get the best high school talent to want to come to Pitt. We were doing things that were smart for marketing, but the reality of the situation was had we just won, we wouldn't have had to have done those sorts of things. People do creative stuff. I think Martin Jarman is coming up with really creative things to do. The only bad part about all of this is the likelihood of UCLA even being competitive with LSU on the field is bad. And, and then all those kids that go for free are going to be like, I don't want to go to those games anymore. They stink. Yeah, right. That could happen. Coach O's on the hot seat, though. Ogeron right. is on the hot seat. Yep. So, yeah, you'll get the best of whatever LSU has. But who knows? It, it could go the opposite way, man. If you wind up wiping the floor with an SEC power, then this free ticket giveaway could be a stroke of genius. You know what I mean? Yeah, hey, listen, let me sure. tell you something else. I, I would do this for every game. If, if you're yeah. playing against San Jose State, if you're playing against Fresno State, if, if you can only sell forty or 50,000 tickets, and by the way, that's pretty good, but if, you can, if you've got 20,000 empty seats, rather than putting up tarps, I'd be giving away seats every single week to whoever mm-hmm. wants them. Pop Warner football teams, high school kids, anybody who wants them for free, I'll give them away just to pack the stadium. Yeah, see, that's it's a little bit different than what you're talking about. I yeah, understand I what you're saying, but they they block off those bottom rows just because it's also you can't see over the players in front of you, so they block those off. So, I mean, if they wanted to open them up and because they were selling too much, they could. But for a lot of times, when it, when school is in session and you know UCLA is pretty good, 
they will sell out. That is going to happen. And by the way, DeMarco, it's Alabama State and North Carolina Central in 2022 oh, and 2023. I was hoping for Deion Sanders. Yeah, that would have yeah. been cool. That would have been cool, yeah. That's the team I would try to get to come to town. Yeah. Well, DeMarco, I'd love to hear what you think, though, about Pac-12 football this upcoming football season because, again, UCLA will start this Saturday. USC doesn't start until the following Saturday, and that following Saturday is the game we're talking about, UCLA versus LSU. Let's, uh, let's, let's give this a little bit of thought. I'd like to hear what you have to say about it. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, DeMarco, we say Super Bowl champion, but we should also add national champion as well. We were talking about UCLA and this very generous gesture of giving away free tickets to high school students uh, for the UCLA-LSU game generous and and smart on one hand and unfortunately kind of desperate on the other hand but DeMarco I'll throw things to you uh, as a Pac-12 guy what are you looking at this year in wow. the Pac-12 uh well you know it, it's kind of traditional uh except if you want to jam Oregon in there I think Oregon's going to be tough SC is going to be near the top and, and Washington will be a snootful uh I th- really do think that Utah has the best defense in the conference um, and I, I think they may be held back by their quarterback situation, but I, I think they have enough to be to be in the mix. But my top three are Oregon, SC, and Washington, and two of those three teams will play. Well, I guess you know. <laughs> Let me change that again. Okay, then Arizona State. I think I'm a little bit higher on Arizona State than a lot of people. I got Utah in there. UCLA. Uh, is mid-pack, and I think that's good for them. They have a chance to move up. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Stanford. Uh, Oregon State at the bottom, Washington State at the bottom. But the top three, my top-heavy Pac-12 conference, and I, I think it's wide open. I think it's better than any other conference in college football because it is so wide open. But I've got Oregon, SC, and Washington at the top. How about you? Well, I think, obviously, uh, I'm looking at SC. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for SC. You know, Greg said it in the last segment. You know, when SC is good – it, it really does legitimize the Pac-12 nationally. I was so shocked last year when SC would play a 9 a.m. Pacific time game wow. just to accommodate East Coast television at noon. But that's how desperate the Pac-12 was because they started the season late. So USC is up there for me. Oregon is a top 25 preseason team. I am a, a Washington, like I'm a fringe Washington fan, so I'm kind of pulling for those guys. I'm pulling for UCLA in a big way. I mean, again... We talk about being Debbie Downer, and I'm calling out desperation. <laughs> I want UCLA to compete. I want UCLA to be good. When I was coming out of high school, again, this is going way back into the late 80s, UCLA was one of the most desirable places to go to play college football in the country. I mean, people wanted to go to UCLA. Now people like go to UCLA because they, they're not SC players. They're not Washington players. They're not Oregon-type players. You know, And that's the kind of recruit that UCLA, unfortunately, gets nowadays. So I'm rooting for UCLA. I'd love to see these guys do well. 
Uh, I'm also with you, by the way. I think Arizona State is a little bit of a sleeper. I think mm-hmm. Herm Edwards has, has kind of brought a pro mentality to the Arizona State program. And, you know, a lot of these kids who uh, are being recruited, they still remember Herm from his TV days at ESPN. So I think Arizona State is kind of one of those sleeper teams in the Pac-12. You play to win the game. Right. <laughs> Herm Edwards. Yeah. Uh, what is that kid's name from Oregon? Uh, the skinny defensive end. Mm. Kayvon Thibodeau. Have you ever met a, a, a Thibodeau that wasn't good at sports? <laughs> Every Thibodeau I've ever met has been good at sports. 6'5", 258 pounds. This is the kid that dominated the uh, Pac-12 championship game. Uh, was absolutely a freak of 12 quarterback pressures in one game. 12. Wow. Fire your coordinator. He, he was just all over. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I have Oregon near the top or at the top because they have, you know, top flight athletes. Uh, first day guys. Uh, but SC the same way. They are absolutely loaded. But, yeah, this is – the conference is wide open. Um, I, I still think they're looking up to several other – and this is funny. I just saw that Paul Feinbaum said that some Pac-12 schools should leave and join the Big Ten. Have you heard Big of this before? 10. Yeah. Conference realignment. Uh, what schools did he say he wanted? Probably Utah and Colorado. Yeah, to, to leave mm. and join the Big Ten. That's crazy, and break up the Pac-12. But, yeah, well, I, wide well, open. I'm, so, I wouldn't be shocked if Oregon, SC, or Washington uh, were representing the, the Pac-12 in the national championship race. You know, it's funny that Feinbaum says that because um, when, when the SEC and this, this announcement that Oklahoma, uh, and who am I forgetting that's also going with them, to uh, and Texas. When Oklahoma and Texas were leaving for the SEC, my first thought was, if you're the Pac-12, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to lose teams to other conferences, or are you going to go out and you're going to recruit some other teams to join your conference? Um, you just mentioned Utah and Colorado as possibly teams that would want to leave the Pac-12. Actually, Cap, he wants SC and Oregon to join the Big Ten. Oh, he's out of his mind. <laughs> right, right. He's out of his mind. Like, I mean, if you told me Colorado and Utah, like, I'd kind of understand, you know, because Colorado was once there and Utah was a Mountain West school and got very lucky and was invited into the Pac-12. But SC and Oregon, you're out of your mind. Yeah, he said it uh, on Keyshawn's show with Jay Will and Zubin. Uh, here's his quote. Oregon is a very attractive national brand, and then one of the biggest brands uh, all time in college football is SC. So – he wants the bigger brand to move over to the Big Ten and play that schedule uh, and create these super conferences to go against the SEC and the ACC. You know, that's not a bad idea. I think travel would be a little screwball, but that's not a bad idea when you think about it. Yeah, but I'd rather see the, the Pac-12 go become more powerful, more strong, um, rather than losing its top guys to another conference. True, right. I don't want the Pac-12 to become the Big 8, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Big yeah. 10, listen, you're, you, you think about the Big 10 in Michigan and Penn State, Wisconsin. You know, you think about these kinds of schools, Michigan State. Um, but I can't imagine SC and Oregon all the way out west playing with these Midwestern kind of schools. Now, if the Big Ten went out and got a little bit of what was left of the Big 12, because, you know, there's a couple of Texas schools in there that you might want to take a chance with. If I'm, if I'm the Pac-12, I'd be looking to add rather than letting my, my bigger brands leave. Wow. You know, if this keeps going on, Cap, you might as well call this what it is. This is not college. 
This is just the juniors. You know, like in soccer, they have like the juniors. Instead of calling them amateurs, just call them juniors. Yeah. This is like a junior pro league if that happens. Yeah, but I mean, listen, the SEC is so good. Yeah. The ACC is right behind. The Big Ten is kind of there as well. Where's um, the Pac-12 fit in? Yeah, right, That's the problem is the Pac-12. And, and Bergman, that's exactly what I've been trying to say to you. This is why the, UCLA is a very, very important part of the Pac-12, and it sounds like you know you don't agree with that. Well, no, just in football, and also well, I'll say this too: like, why I don't understand why all of these pundits, like you know Paul Feinbaum and all that, want to get get rid of the Pac-12. I understand there's some down years they don't going wake on. Wake up early, <laughs> well, well, sure, but I mean, like, or I understand. Stay up late. Yeah, stay up late, right? Yeah, yeah there's. <laughs> I understand that there is they've had some down years either in football or basketball and all that kind of thing. But the problem is you can you if you get rid of the Pac-12, you don't have East Coast West Coast. You don't have the that mm. battle that was there before. Then you're basically taking college football and you're making it anything that's just just a little bit west of the Mississippi but right. mostly everything to the east. And that's not that's not good for that's college not football. Fun. Right. No, that's only good for one side of the country. So you need the Pac-12 to stay and you need it to be strong so that you have that east coast west coast battle yeah but if you're the pac-12 and you were looking just for example demarco at what's left in the big 12 baylor baylor's a good football program and a very good basketball program um kansas very good basketball mm. very poor Take that in a heartbeat at, at football yeah. you know uh oklahoma and texas are taking off Ooh. um what what is really left that's geographically attractive for the pac-12 that's left over in the big 12 nothing Right. No, nothing that I would want, no. It's it's all bargain basement from there. Right. I don't need Texas Tech nope. against UCLA. It does nothing for me. I don't and I would hate TCU to go there. against USC. Right. Yeah. I would hate to go there for a game. Yeah, I would. I'm sure they'd like to come west, but I would hate to go there for a game. I mean, how much does geographic really matter at this point with everything? You got to fly. I mean, you got to fly, but I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are going over to the East Coast, basically. True. Yeah, which but yeah. Is- Texas and Oklahoma are kind of like they're sort of southwest. And where are they going? They're going to Alabama. They're going Florida. to Mississippi. They're going to the Panhandle of Florida. Right. Um, they're Makes going more to sense. Georgia. It's not that far. It's not yeah. going cross country. Yeah. That's like, for sure. Utah and Colorado are already in the Pac-12. I mean, if you add something from Texas, then that's really not all that bad. Like a TCU or Kansas or any of those. I mean, you'll be fine. I yeah. I understand what, but I really at this point, I just don't think geographic matters as much as it used to. Fair, fair. I mean, you still got to get them there. It, it does matter some, but not as much. Uh, speaking of like late night football, God rest his soul. Was there any better football than Hawaii ball when Colt Brennan was quarterback? Oh man, I wasn't that fun? <laughs> late I'm night ball. You, Seriously, like when I this is when I was in college and I was on the East Coast. I would stay up late, late, late at night to watch Hawaii play. Yep. <laughs> you know, I loved it. Absolutely. Seriously. Yes, man. sir. Yep. I'm with you. All right, coming up, Big Deal or No Deal is right around the corner. It is the highest-rated segment of the show. Everybody loves Big Deal or No Deal. That is next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thank you very much, Chris. And before we get to Big Deal or No Deal, we have an update on Daryl Henderson. DeMarco? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. We don't have you up. It's a good toss, hear? though. It was very yeah, solid. Thank you. Good stuff. Hey. Yeah. hey Hi there. there. I was all hey lit now. up like the Death Star here. But, yeah, uh, thumb strain, left thumb sprain uh, to Daryl Henderson. So he's day-to-day. For, that's the information I just got. So day to day, a left thumb sprain for Daryl Henderson, Rams running back. So uh, I guess that's uh, the best possible outcome when you hear about an injury to a starter day to day. That means he has a chance to get back, and it's just a a, a thumb sprain. Uh, it's tough. I'd rather have my running backs healthy going into preseason game number three, going into the regular season. But yeah, sometimes they get boo boos, nicks, and pains, and you have to. Work your way through it. But it's Man. good that you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. If this were Jared Goff as your starting quarterback and you lost both starters at running back, then I would say cancel Christmas. Now with this guy, you at least have a chance to increase your passing game and win games with his arm. I mean, that's really why they went out and got Stafford, right? I mean, yep. it's, it's hey, look, um, we're going to try and stop the run but really, we're going to try and force Jared Goff to beat us. We don't think he can. So now, if, um, if you don't think that the Rams present a real running game, in theory, and this is, look, it's still a few weeks away before the start of the regular season, with a, with a sprained thumb, Henderson might be just fine. You know, and with proper tape job and with a little bit of rehab, I mean, he might be 100% by the time the season starts. But right. bottom line is, you know, there will be automatic respect for Stafford and his, his resume. No no doubt. And quick, real quick, in the room, who led Tampa Bay in rushing last year? It wasn't Fournette. Nope. That's Ronald Jones. Question. See what Ronald I mean? Jones, yeah. And Tampa won the Super Bowl. So depending on who you have as your signal caller, being down to your third or fourth running back is not the end of the world. By the way, speaking of uh, football, I'm watching the Saints and the Jaguars. It's 14-3 New Orleans. And Jameis Winston was on absolute fire coming mm. out tonight. I think he went 9 for 10, 100-plus yards, couple touchdowns, huge quarterback rating. And now I'm watching Taysom Hill. But this looks Big like this is no Jameis Winston's team, you know? That's the way it looks to me. Yep, cool. All right, so let's go to the game. Big deal or no deal? Uh, let's see. So, DeMarco, we'll start with you, and we'll keep it a little bit lighter to start off. There are a few things in this world food-wise I love more than cookie dough. It's uh, delicious. I only get cookie dough ice cream. <laughs> It is delicious. Uh, Well, someone from Lil Sipper named Bethany Ugarte made a cookie dough bread 
a loaf of bread that is all cookie dough. Wow. It actually looks like bread, you know, and it's yeah, fluffy yeah. like that. So is this a big deal or no That's deal? That's a massive deal. That's huge. <laughs> Where do I get one? <laughs> Why don't we have one in this room right now? <laughs> you can't tell me about this and not have one here. A cookie dough loaf of bread. A yes. loaf of cookie dough. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. Absolutely. Where's yours? That would be mine. The whole thing. Oh, that sounds so good. That's a huge deal. This is mm. so funny for me because I have to go no deal because here's my problem. My daughters love cookie dough. They will sit here, open up a bucket, and the two of them, my, my two younger ones, with a spoon will eat the cookie dough. And I ask them all the time, I'm like, is that cookie dough supposed to go like on a cookie tray and go in the oven and actually bake cookies? And they're like, well, it could, but we like it this way. Wow. I don't like it that way. I, I don't like to just eat plain cookie dough. I don't eat cookie dough ice cream. I like cookies to be baked and made into cookies, not cookie dough. More for us. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Jeez, Cap. All right. no, I just don't, I, listen, I just like them baked. Yeah. I like them as a cookie. Oh, cookie dough ice cream. Oh, It's the best. Oh. The best. Why does it taste better at midnight? Oh, because it's just more delicious at midnight. <laughs> because you're when, in your feelings. <laughs> when you're laying down, it just yeah. tastes so good. <laughs> All right, Laura, next, please. All right, Cap. Uh, Manny Pacquiao was, well, the, how the report said it was crushed by Jordanis by Ugas this weekend. Would saying this is the end of Pacquiao's career be a big deal or no deal? Well, I'll say it's a big deal because of how great Manny Pacquiao has been for as long as he's been great. But I want to say one thing. You know, I remember last week we were reading this, you know, hey, it's a big fight and the Pac-Man is, is going to add another thing to his, to his resume and nobody was giving this other guy a chance. And, you know, the, the storyline on the other guy was he was the actual belt holder. He was the champion. And the guy who Pacquiao was supposed to be fighting uh, tore a retina or something in his eye. So this guy was willing to take the fight with less than two weeks to train for Pacquiao. And so for all the hype being about Pacquiao and how everybody assumed Pacquiao would win, I thought it was awesome that this guy actually won the fight because everything you heard was about, it's just Manny, he's going to win another title, he's going to knock out some guy you never heard of, and the guy showed up and won. I thought it was really great, and to me it is a big deal. It, I'm with you. I've, I've heard of this guy. Uh, his one loss was controversial to, to Sean Porter. Um, so the one thing I am happy about, is uh, by Ugas winning, beating Manny Pacquiao. I am so happy it wasn't Errol Spence because if this Manny showed up against Errol Spence, it would have gotten ugly. It would have been bad. Losing to Ugas is one thing. Manny can get up and go to work the next day and become president of the Philippines. If you would have taken that, what you took into the ring with Errol Spence, it would have been bad. Manny would still be in the hospital. He got old overnight, so I'm glad it happened against the guy that can't really punch. All right, Laura, next. All right, DeMarco, I'm pretty sure, and actually I know Cap doesn't care about this stuff, but I feel like you, sir, are a big Marvel comic book movie fan. I am. Yes, okay. So, well, head of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, let it be known today that Deadpool, who was recently acquired from Fox in the merger a few years back, will have a third movie drop in probably 2023 and start filming next year in the Marvel Universe. Is this a big deal or no deal? That's a huge deal. Uh, Deadpool is funny. I think I love Deadpool's take on the whole superhero genre. It doesn't take itself so seriously. It's 
It's for kids, but it's more adults. I, I think it's great. Um, I think it's huge. I think it speaks to what Ryan Reynolds has done with the character. I think he's great as Deadpool. Um, I really do. I When you line them up and you talk about the best actors playing Marvel superheroes, to me, he's top three uh, as far as guys bringing those characters to life. So I think it's a huge deal. I can't wait. I love all the Deadpool stuff. So just to that point about Ryan Reynolds, he is the only character that's coming over from Fox as the, the, as the only actor that's coming over from Fox to Marvel to play the same character. So anybody that was in the well, Fox universe is not coming over. Well, uh, Robert Downey Jr. can only be Tony Stark, and Deadpool can only be played by Ryan Reynolds. No one else can play that part. Really. Yes. Cap, do you, do you want to answer for, or no? For me, it's no deal, yep. DeMarco. It's been very well documented. I don't know any of these Marvel movies. I got nothing going on. I saw Iron Man and Captain America, and I was trying to put in the time and the effort and the commitment <laughs> Thank you to watch that. like 20 Michael. movies, and I just never could do it. You know what? One of these days, we're going to have like a movie fest. We're going to go start to finish on Marvel. He won't do it. No, no, it's not that I won't do it. It's just that I wind up watching other stuff. Ah, okay. You know? Like the uh, like the Christy Martin documentary that I want to talk to you oh, about. Oh, nice. Uh, I mean, not nice. I mean, wow. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Isn't that, I told you, isn't that very now, that oh, whole dude. Christy Martin thing? It's oh, very, very now, and it happened back then. I know. Hold, hold on. We'll talk about it before okay. we get out of here for sure. Do we have any more, Greg? Yeah, yeah I'll do one more. Cap, the NBA is in its 75th season, and the league is doing something pretty cool. They scheduled certain games between specific teams at specific times to honor what happened on those days in the past. The Lakers will play in a classic matchup against the Atlanta Hawks on Friday, January 7th at 7 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN. On that day in 1972, Los Angeles beat up on the Hawks 134-90, which marked L.A.'s 33rd win in a row, the longest winning streak to this day in the league's history. Is this a big deal or no deal? I will say it's a big deal because what you're trying to do, I think, is teach the history of the league and the sport to younger people who don't know it and maybe aren't necessarily looking for that sort of information. Um, like I would never have known that on that day, January, whatever, 1972, that the Lakers were on a 33 game winning streak. I would never have, have known that. So when you put that in my face and you're like, Hey, check this out uh, on this day, uh, 49 years ago, the Lakers were playing the Hawks and here was the situation I go, wow, that's really cool. Way to teach me something I didn't know. So for me, I, I like it. Big deal. Uh, I'll go big deal. I, I like teaching history. Um, Cap, you, you'll love this and hate this at the same time. There was an offensive lineman for the Rams, young guy, and we were trying to motivate him. He was sitting with Leroy Glover, who you know. I love Leroy Glover. And Torrey Holt and myself at a table. And we said, you know, if you get your head right, you have the same sort of game as Larry Allen. He looked us in the face and said, who's Larry Allen? <laughs> Leroy got up and left. <laughs> Tori, I had to restrain, <laughs> like get in the middle of, <laughs> like we talked about that fight in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I had to get in the middle of him because he, he was offended. But yeah, I, I think it's a big deal. I think you should always reconnect your your now fan base with history of the sport that you're in. Always. You, you should know your history if you call yourself a fan. You know what's super interesting about that is I wonder if the NBA is doing that for us, the fans, or if they're doing that for the players, to teach the mm. players the history of the game. 
Or both. Could be. I think baseball does a better job than any sport at that. They really honor their heroes, and it seems like everybody playing now knows who they are. I'm not sure if that's the case in football. Well, I'm sure it's not the case in football. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stories like the one you just told reaffirms that for me. That's big deal or no deal. And speaking of big deals, it's a big deal. You call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call our friends at Sam and Ash Law, 1-800-304-2000. That's 1-800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. Coming up, uh, I asked DeMarco to watch Malice at the Palace on Netflix DeMarco asked me to watch the Christy Martin documentary on Netflix. We both watched what each other requested. Let's get some reviews coming right back. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Yeah, you'll catch up to me this Friday at the Hollywood Park Casino. I'll be wearing one of those Sunday Swagger shirts, so when you walk in, you'll be like, who's that guy in that really <laughs> loud, colorful shirt over there? Oh, that must be Kaplan, Sunday Swagger. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, DeMarco, you and I on Friday were talking, and you said that you had seen the Christy Martin documentary on Netflix, and I said I had seen the Malice at the Palace documentary, and... It was like you were suggesting one to me. I was suggesting one to you. So tell me, you went and watched the Malice at the Palace doc? Yeah, and you were exactly right. I did not know Jermaine O'Neal suffered, you know, the brunt of most of that. Uh, Amazing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, to hear them say that they feel bad for Jermaine O'Neal because he possibly had a chance to be one of the greatest players in NBA history, that really hurt. And then... When they talked about Reggie Miller missing out on his best, his last best chance to win a championship, that hurt too. But listening to Ron Artest talk about how that whole thing went down and his mental, it was riveting. It was really well done. Uh, it gave you some insight into what really went on and the interviews of the fans and some of the police officers that were there. Eye-opening, shocking, unbelievable uh, it, it was the best hour plus I've spent watching TV in a long time. Yeah, I feel the same way. I was blown away by Ron Artest, who, um, again, after this, you know, this fight at the Palace, you know, people had uh, an opinion about him back then, and they kept showing news clips over yeah. and over, over again. Remember the word everybody was using back then about describing NBA players? There was one word they Thug. kept using. Thug. Yes. Right. And so it was interesting. Ron Artest had this terrible reputation afterwards, but when he won a championship with the Lakers, they show him sitting down to do a post-game interview, and his first thoughts are, my Indiana team with Reggie Miller and those guys, 
we should have and could have yeah. won a championship, but we didn't because of that fight. Wasn't that interesting? That was interesting. Um, it, it, it shocked everybody else on that panel. They didn't know what to say, right? I mean, <laughs> they, they were completely shocked by what he said, but it was an honest answer when he said, you know, I, I was a coward and I still feel bad in their presence to this day. And Jermaine O'Neal saying that it took me a long time to get over that. I felt that. That was absolutely uh, riveting and, and, just, and just real. Um, ben Wallace talking about the, the malice of the palace. You know, the thing that really got under my skin, the guy that threw the beer and his reaction to the whole oh thing. Oh, my God. Oh, right. my God. If there was yeah. ever a guy you wanted to see get punched in the face, it's that guy. Right. Absolutely. Because, because when they when they show you the surveillance video of the guy who throws the beer, when Ron Artest goes up into the stands, he doesn't go after the guy who threw the beer. He just went after somebody in the general vicinity. And the guy who threw the beer, rather than like stepping in front of Artest, um, Instead, he tries to grab our test. He tried from to trip behind. him, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They actually said to him, "They go, do you, do you, what do you think about our test coming up and not finding you?" And he's like, "I was glad he didn't find me. I was glad he went wow. and beat up somebody else." Crazy, crazy. I know. Tell now, me something though. Now, in your yeah. craziest of crazy days, why in the world, or would you ever think to storm the court? A, B, square off with an out of control Ron Artest. Listen, I saw this past weekend, there was a soccer match somewhere in Europe. I don't remember exactly where it was, but these fans started throwing things on the field and the players started getting into it with the fans. Now, look, if you're at a hockey game and hockey players come into the stands, you're in big trouble. Right. If you're an NBA fan and you go on the floor and you're going to try and fight a guy who's 6'8", 6'10", 250 pounds, dude, you're probably in really big trouble. Soccer guys, 5'8", 150 pounds, you might have a chance. Right. You know? but, but why any fan would think, I'm, gonna, I'm 5'9", 200 pounds, and I'm going to square off with Ron Artest. That guy was so lucky. They actually talked about it. Big time. When Jermaine O'Neal came flying at him, oh. and he slipped. If he doesn't slip on the floor, he lands a right hand that it's knocks this guy's block off. It's a completely different story and a completely different league if he lands that punch. Right. I'm with you. And I, one more thing. I'm not sure if I really love Steven Jackson or like think something's wrong with Steven Jackson. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want him on my team. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I guy is ride or die. I love him. Yeah, I didn't realize how good of a player he was. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I know Steven Jackson, like, after basketball and everything that happened last year, I didn't realize, I guess I missed how great of a, a player he was. Yeah, Ron Artest saying he was clutch. Ron Artest saying that when, when, when Reggie Miller tried to mentor him, all he could think about was, I'm just going to beat you up in practice. Yeah. I mean... Wow, maybe, yeah. and I think he's right. When Reggie said when they played in the Eastern Conference Finals, one of these two teams is going to win a championship, and Detroit did. Uh, and Reggie said they were going to win that year if Malice in the Palace didn't happen. Now that I look back, he might be right. Yeah, and you know, Reggie Miller is such a classy guy, and he's a great broadcaster, so you expect him to come off as smart and articulate and likable. Um you know, Ron Artest, again, you, you realize that he was dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Yeah. Steven Jackson comes off as kind of a tough guy who, like he says, hey, I wasn't upset that we got into this fight. I was happy to go in there and help my brother. <laughs> but, but the one guy who comes off to me as looking super classy in all of this was Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah. Here's a guy that leaves high school 17 years old in South Carolina, and here he is now after all these years. He's well-dressed. He's well-spoken. He's thoughtful. Like, I really came to like Jermaine O'Neal a lot in this documentary. He's grown up a lot. He really has. Can I tell you the weirdest part of this? What? 
So I thought this was a five-part documentary because Netflix is doing this thing called Untold, and it's a five-part documentary series about five different stories. Right. I thought it was five parts about the malice in the oh, palace. Oh, no, no. Five I spent, different stories, yeah. I spent about 30 minutes on Saturday morning <laughs> trying to figure rest. out where is episode two. <laughs> Looking for the rest. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So so when I couldn't find episode two, and then I oh. Googled it because I could hear Laura in my ear going, just Google it, bro. Come on, just Google it, bro. I was like, all right. So I Googled it, bro, and I found out that there wasn't episode two of Malice in the Palace, and that's when I realized, well, DeMarco said he saw the Christy Martin documentary. Yeah. So I put an hour into the Christy Martin documentary. What'd you think? I thought it was unbelievable. Wow. I, I, I truly thought it was amazing. But DeMarco, here's why. Just like I was saying about not knowing how great of a player Steven Jackson was and, and not realizing that that Indiana Pacers team might have been a championship caliber club. On the other hand, I was much closer to this Christy Martin situation because when Mike Tyson got out of jail, and he was fighting a guy named Frank Bruno in Vegas. Oh, yeah. That was the first fight that Christy Martin was, was really, like, blowing up, you know? And I can remember being a young broadcaster in Las Vegas doing a radio show from backstage at the MGM Grand, interviewing her, interviewing her then-husband and trainer, um, and, and being, like, in the, the middle of all of it, you know? It, it, it wasn't like it is now. You could actually get yourself embedded into the stories, if you will, uh, close to the players involved. I remember being at the MJ and Grand. I'm telling you, I'm a young guy, and I get on the elevator, and Frank Bruno walks in by himself. Wow. And I'm, I'm taking the elevator all the way. I, I was on, let's say, the 17th floor. Let's say he was on the 40th floor. So I just kept going with him, all, talking to Frank Bruno in the elevator. And then, of course, he got his, his, his head knocked off by Tyson in that fight. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Christy Martin was becoming such a monster sensation. Little did I know that after her fighting career – that she was married to this controlling psychopath. 26 who, years older than she. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. right. And, and for him to not only, you know, they got into this, this fight and he shot her. Yeah. Like, she was lucky to be alive. Stabbed her and shot her. Yeah. <laughs> and she uh, got up and walked out. Right. Like, like trying to fight for her life. And, and the, the, the part, you know, you talk about Ron Artest being an interesting character. Christy yeah. Martin, you know, she knows when she's in high school that she's in love with this, this girl that's this basketball teammate of hers. But she winds up not really letting that out, that, that you know, she prefers women to men. And she winds up marrying this guy. And she kind of becomes an attractive, you know, she sort of uses her good looks in some ways. And the story of her fighting against another woman, insulting this woman for, because she was a lesbian, yeah. only to eventually marry her. A, an opponent, right. right. She married someone she fought and beat and ridiculed during the press conference. I, yeah. it just It's an amazing story. You, I'm trying to think of that. Who was the fighter on that, uh, the lady she fought on Mike Tyson's undercard? Because that was about as influential as Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin. They put the UFC on the map with that great fight, that free TV fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This put women's boxing on the map. It yeah. was a war. I can't remember her name. But I don't remember her name yeah. either, but, man, I'm telling you, that that Christy Martin one. Yeah. Um, that I don't know what the other three are, but I'll watch them. I'm hooked. They, they I'm were hooked. great. Yep. Uh, the other uh, thing I was going to tell have you seen that thing on Netflix, uh, Drive to Survive, the F1, Formula One? Okay, so I saw episode one. Yeah. It didn't, like, hook me. That's when I turned over to Ted Lasso and got into Ted Lasso. Ah. But I want to come back to Drive to Survive F1 because from what I'm told, not only do you do, do people love the series, but once you start to love the series, then you get hooked on F1. 
I follow F1 because of that show now. You follow F1? Why? Because, because of that show. Oh, my God. We, I, I got to get back into it. I got to get back into it. DeMarco, we'll see you tomorrow. Great show today, man. And uh, hopefully we'll have a lot more information tomorrow about Daryl Henderson. Greg Bergman, phenomenal job out of you. Laura, out, outstanding work as always. To all the 710 listeners, we are back tomorrow morning. And uh, we are back tomorrow afternoon. Until then, peace.